this is a Scottish traveller tale, and it comes from Duncan Williamson. And originally it came from the west coast of Scotland. It's called the Selkie's Revenge. Now there was once a minister who lived in a little village on the west coast of Scotland. And he lived in the manse which was down by the sea. And he lived there with his wife and his little daughter. Now the parish that he had was quite small and the houses in it were scattered far and wide, so there wasn't a great deal of people in the parish, and his congregation, the church, was not big. But what the minister loved to do was to take his boat out, being right down by the shore in the manse. He had a boat, you see, a rowboat, and he would row his dinghy out, and he would go fishing. He would just fish with a rod and line. Now, sometimes he would set a net to see if he could catch fish in that. This he set closer to the shore, and when the tide went out, he could wade down in the shallows and pull the net in. Now, there was one thing about this minister, though. He had a terrible temper, and he hated the seals that lived in the waters around the bay, because sometimes he would go down to lift his net, and he would discover that the net had holes in it, or that his fish were gone, or that they were partly eaten by the seals. And despite the fact he was a minister, he cursed the seals. He cursed them for all the pests and trouble in the whole world. He hated them. Now, there was one Sunday, just before he was due to go to the church and do his sermon. He went early down to the shore, because the tide had turned, and he was going to go and see if there was anything in his net. He wanted to get it early, so that it wasn't lying exposed on the beach, because the gulls would get on it. Now, He went down to the shore, down to his net, and there was a lot of fish in his net, but there was something else as well. There was a little seal, just a little baby seal pup, tangled in the net, and it was still alive, and it looked up at him with big, brown, frightened eyes, and it wriggled and it tried to free itself, but it couldn't, it was snagged in the net. And the minister was so furious. You little brute, he said. You might be a baby now, but you'll grow to be a big seal, and then you'll be stealing my fish and making holes in my net. Well, there's no way that I'm going to let you do that. And he untangled the seal pup, and he held it by the back flippers, and he swung it as hard as he could, and he dashed its brains out against the rock and killed it. And then he threw the body away among the seaweed, and he started to gather the fish out of his net. Now, he looked out to sea, and he could see that there was a seal there. It was bobbing up and down in the water, watching him. He shook his fist at it, and he cursed. He cursed all the seals. He hated them with a passion. 
and the seal turned around and dived out of sight down to the bottom of the sea. He gathered his fish, and he took them home. He thought that he would give some of them away to some of the old people in the parish as well who couldn't go fishing for themselves. When he went home, and he told his wife what had happened, and he told her about how much he hated the seals, how he wished that they were all dead. And his wife said, Now, now, my dear, you know, those seals have as much right to the fish in the sea as you do. There's nothing that you can say that will change my mind, he said. I hate them. There's nothing that you can say will change the way I feel. So he went to the church and he preached his sermon. Now, a couple of months passed, and his wife became ill, and it became more and more serious. He called for the doctor. The doctor came, but there was nothing that could be done for her. And she just seemed to pine away, get thinner and thinner, and then she died. Now, the minister was devastated at the loss of his wife, but that was nothing compared to the loss that their daughter felt. She was only four years old, little Morig, and she had always been a sickly child as well, and this heartbreak was just so much for a tiny wee girl to bear. It was horrible to see. Her grief was so immense. Now, time passed, and the minister realized that he couldn't cope on his own. He was having to spend time working on church matters and writing his sermons, and he also had a garden, which he tended as well. And it meant that he had no time to go fishing any more. But also, and worse than that, he really didn't have time for his little daughter. And he felt that they needed somebody to help. So he put an advert in the local paper for a housekeeper. Well, a week passed, and the minister and we Morig were sitting down to the supper one night when there was a knock at the door. I'll get it, Daddy, said Morig, and she jumped up and ran over to the door and opened it. Who is it, darling? said the minister. Oh, Daddy, it's a lady. So the minister got up and walked over to the door, and there was a young woman. He'd never seen her before. She'd certainly not been in the church. And she was very beautiful, with long dark hair and big brown eyes. I've, what can I do for you? said the minister. I've come about the job in the paper, said the woman. Well, come in, come in, said the minister. So she came into the room. She looked at wee Morig and smiled at her, and Morig smiled back. It was a good start, thought the minister, if this is the woman for the job. So he spoke to her, he asked her some things about herself. She didn't give an awful lot of information. She did say that her name was Selina. But where she came from and all, he was a bit vague about that.
Now, he decided that she seemed like a good, trustworthy, and honest soul, so he told her how much the wages would be and what the duties were. It's mostly looking after we Morig here, he said. Uh, she lost her mother here a, a wee while ago. Yes, said Selina, I'm a widow myself. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, and one so young as well. Well, you can stay here in the manse with us. Come, I'll show you to your room. So he took her upstairs and he showed her the bedroom. She seemed quite happy with that. You can take your meals with us as well, he said in the evening. So she came down, and her and wee Morig, well, they trotted down the stairs together. And, you know, there was an instant bond between them. Wee Morig just stood there alongside her, looking up at her. And the minister thought this is a good thing. Poor wee lass, she's missing her mother so much. So Selina moved in. And the two of them, Selina and little Morig, became very close. The minister didn't notice it at first. He was too busy with his sermons, and also with his fishing, which he could now do again. But the two of them went everywhere. Wherever Selina went, Morig trotted along behind her. And the minister smiled and thought, hmm, She's missing her mother. This is a, this is quite understandable, why she should be so attached to somebody that she barely knows. Now, time passed, and the minister would spend his evenings writing his sermons, and Selina and Morig would go off down to the beach, and they would be away there for hours on end, and in all weather as well, whether it was cold or wet or anything, there was always down at the beach. Now, the minister noticed this as well, of course, and he said to Selina, Why are you always going to the beach, you and Morig? Well, Morig loves to swim, said Selina, and we both love the beach. So it's the best place for us to be. Well, he felt a bit uneasy about this, but he let it pass. Now, time went by again, and the two of them, Selina and Morig, became closer and closer, and they spent more and more time down at the beach together. And when they came in for their evening meals, they only pecked at their food. They hardly ate at all. And the minister became felt angry about this. He was upset about this. And also, he could see that the two of them, spending so much time together, that he was losing his little girl. They were drifting apart. And Selina and Morig would sometimes talk to each other in whispers, which really annoyed him, and annoyed him immensely. Now, a few more weeks passed, and Morig and Selina were inseparable. 
Little Morrig would sit up on Selina's knee. But the thing is, the minister had noticed that that little girl had never been brighter and more alive in her life. She seemed like a completely new girl. She'd always been weak and sickly, but now she seemed to be a lot stronger. And she just glowed. But the minister, he had his misgivings about this. This woman was coming between him and his daughter. She was trying to take the place of his late wife in the girl's affections, the girl's mother. He didn't like that at all. Oh, no, he did not like that at all. Now it started in his mind that he thought, I'm going to have to have it out with Selina. We're going to have to have a good talk about this. I'm going to have to tell her off and tell her where the boundaries are, the line that she must not cross. Or maybe I should just fire her, get rid of her. We'd be happier together without her, I'm sure. I would get my girl back. Oh, but it would hurt her so much. Morag would be devastated if she lost Selina as well as her mother. God, what am I going to do? Well, he decided that maybe he should make a bit more of an effort to be part of their lives as well, part of his daughter's life, and he should include them in some of the things that he did. So, after supper that night, he said, I'm going fishing tomorrow morning, and I would like you both to come with me. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Well, Selina very quietly agreed. That was the thing about Selina. She was very quiet. But she accepted. And the next morning, they were all ready to go out. The minister pushed the boat down into the sea, and they hopped on board. Now, Selina and Morag sat in the stern of the boat. Now you know how dinghies are. There's a seat right at the bow at the front, and there's a bench in the middle where you can sit to row, and there's another seat at the stern at the back. Well, the minister rowed out, and then he stopped. He took the oars in, shipped the oars, sat in the bow of the boat, and he got out his rod to fish. Now, Selina and Morag sat in the stern of the boat, looking at him, and they were whispering to each other. Selina had her arm around Morag's neck, and the minister was getting more annoyed. He also recognized where they were. He was now in the boat, floating around where that seal was that he saw the day that he went down on the Sunday to lift his net. Why he thought of that, I don't know, and neither did he, even though he racked his brains about it plenty later in the years to come, but he knew it was that spot. And again the two of them sat in the, in the stern of the boat, talking to each other in whispers. And the minister 
his temper, that fiery temper of his, overwhelmed him. And he said, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Silence. Now listen here, Selina, he said. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to take my daughter away from me. The only thing that I have left in the world now that her mother is gone. You're trying to take her away from me, and I won't let you do it. No, I mean, we've been good to you. I took you in, been, was kind to you, gave you everything that you needed, and now you're trying to come between me and my girl. You're trying to take the one thing that I love most in the world from me. Well, it's no more than you did to me, said Selina. What? What are you talking about, woman? I never did anything to you. Oh, yes, you did, she said, on the shore there. You beat my baby's head against a rock and killed it. And then, with her arms around Morag's neck, the two of them leant backwards and dropped over the stern of the boat. The minister looked on in horror. He ran to the end of the boat and looked over, and there was a line of bubbles coming up from under the sea. And then it stopped. And for the rest of his days, he never saw his little daughter Morg again, nor Selina. <laughs>